Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. Hey everyone, my name's Justin. This is Inverse, and in the studio we have Israel and Siku and Jonathan, and we have you guys, whether you're watching through podcast or through video or through social media or smokescreen, whatever you're on, that we're so glad that you're on with us. And we're going to be reading the Bible today as we look at principles of liberty as found in the teachings of Jesus and also Paul. This is episode eight. We're in the middle of our topical arc, and we're going to specify uh, looking at the writings of, of Paul. Paul. So we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and Israel, if you can pray for us, and then uh, Jonathan, if you can read the Bible for us, and then Siku, if you can teach the lesson for us, okay. we're going to be great for this lesson. Israel. Let's pray. Gracious Father in heaven, thank you for your word. As we study and as we talk, we ask for the presence of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 1 Corinthians 9, um, verse 1 through 14. All right. Am I not an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? Are you not my work in the Lord? If I am not an apostle to others, yet doubtless I am to you, for you are the seal of my apostleship in the Lord. My defense to those who examine me is this. Do we have no right to eat and drink? Do we have no right to take along a believing wife, as do also the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord and Cephas? Or is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working? Whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit, or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk of the flock? Do I say these things as a mere man, or does not the law say the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an oxen while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about, or does he say it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? Nevertheless, we have not used this right, but endure all things, lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Do you not know that those who minister the holy things eat of the things of the temple, and those who serve at the altar partake of the offerings of the altar? Even so, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should live from the gospel. Right. There's just so much in there, and I want to spend our time. Let's let's mine this out. Um, we can go through a lot of writings of Paul, go through Paul's experiences in Acts, but I think chapter 9 is really just a very, just, uh, ah, this is a really good good passage. Siku, can you kind of keep us up to date? Where have we been? And then just mention kind of high points. Sure. Excuse um, me. <clears throat> so high points, we've talked about principles that Jesus brings out through his life and his teachings mm-hmm. that relate to this concept of liberty. Um, first, that Jesus himself is an argument for liberty. He came so that people could have Hmm. the freedom to make a choice. Hmm. And then in the way that he taught, he taught about a kingdom that his kingdom not being of this world, um, but that we also should respect the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. Um, And then elucidated more, you know, in, um, in Paul's teachings in Romans that we should render to Caesar what is Caesar's to God, what is God's. Um, So there's kind of this, and where we ended up last week with this, uh, recognizing that God has a kingdom that is beyond this worldly kingdom, this earthly kingdom, and we owe our primary allegiance as his followers, our primary allegiance to him. Mm. 
but that doesn't mean that we become unfaithful in our allegiance to the governments that are here, mm-hmm. but just recognize that he is first and foremost our king. And then in that context, we respect the authorities that are on this earth. Um, and in that milieu, um, we are not to use the methods of this world to accomplish God's um, purposes, but we operate in accordance with God's kingdom to accomplish God's purposes. Mm-hmm. So um, not using human force to enforce God's will, um, mm-hmm. but using the force of love, which is God's method to enforce God's will mm-hmm. um, in as much as we're in subjection mm-hmm. to human Also maybe authority. the power of, of, of love rather than the force of love, but I know what you're saying, yeah, but power. just so that just differentiate yep, yep. The, the secular definition of, of force. Yeah, no, not, thank you. Thank you for that, that, that recap. Um, we've been kind of extracting from episode to episode, extracting different principles of liberty that Jesus preached about, really from episodes one through about um, seven, six or seven. And we want to encourage you, go to inversebible.org and look at our Bible study guides and we're going to and look up Jesus and liberty and catch up with us. And you can also look at other uh, topical Bible study guides that we have online there. And you can also go to hopetv.org slash inverse. And you can also look at our social media channel, channels under the handle of, of, uh, of Inverse Bible and uh, look at uh, all the other episodes that we have on there and, and recap with us. And we're kind of building up upon ch- uh, episode after episode. And here we are, and we're not going to look at the writings of, of Jesus or, or the Gospels, I should say, uh, but the writings of Paul. And Paul, now, now he encapsulates, he embodies these principles that Jesus has been talking about. And we come to a climax here in chapter 9 of Corinthians. And uh, Jonathan or or Israel, give us context of what, just really brief, nothing super deep yet. But what 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 are, what are we talking about in First Corinthians right now in chapter nine? What is he arguing for? Um, and then and then we can get into the into nitty bitty of of the, of the text. You want to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. okay. Um, I think essentially you have the fact that the apostles were supported by just like the Levites of old. Mm. They were supported by the the, the larger body of believers. Mm-hmm. Um, and what Paul is, because Paul came to the apostleship later on, not unlike the, tw- the, the, the 12 disciples, he kind of, he's a, persecu- a persecutor of Christ and his church. And he's, you know, he has his conversion later on. He becomes an apostle. He, he's kind of looked at by some as like an apostle, but kind of like minus. Yeah, sub, sub yeah. lowercase apostle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. vice apostle. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, vice apostle, right? Um, and so, what the point that he's making is: listen, out of all the people in the world, you are the ones that definitely should not fall into that category because you are established specifically because of me. Mm. And so. Um, and so he says, I have the right, like any other apostle, to take advantage of the gifts of apostleship uh, and to live by, um, by you, you know, you are the fruit of my labor. And so I have the right to be able to be sustained by you. Paul is a self-supporting minister. He's working with his own hands to support himself. This is uh, something that the other apostles are not doing. And so he says, I have the right as an apostle to live off of the labors of my hands, mm-hmm. which is you, mm-hmm. but for the sake of the gospel, I have surrendered that right. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, essentially the point. Yeah, that that's great. Made. Great. Jonathan? Yeah. Add to um, that? I mean, it's pretty much what I would say too, but okay. uh, it, what we see here is the principle of, of 
in this case, Paul is surrendering his rights mm-hmm. um, that he has. But in there's other situations where Paul uh, claims his rights, mm. especially as a Roman citizen in his ministry. He says, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. You, you cannot do what you're doing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so this dynamic of uh, claiming our rights and surrendering our rights is something that we need to talk about when it comes to religious yeah, liberty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, um, we'll, we'll, we can take a, take a look at those verses. There's there's nuance to that because <clears throat> he's, mm-hmm. he's claiming his rights and some would argue not for himself, mm-hmm. but for those who are arresting him um, under Roman law. Uh, to arrest a Roman and to place him and and then to to uh, to um, whip him, to whip him mm-hmm. but place everyone under danger. So he's you know, and in, in one way he may be claiming rights for himself, but mm-hmm. he's also claiming the rights for the, looking out for them. Yeah. Um, I think just a larger picture. If we go to chapter eight of Corinthians, First Corinthians, just it's just really, really, really counterintuitive the way Paul argues and thinks through this, which gives us context for chapter nine. Paul is saying that, hey, these idols, there is foods dedicated to them. That doesn't matter. Idols, they're not real. I can eat it. Doesn't. It's just this is a non-issue. Mm-hmm. But. For the sake of the weaker brother, I'm going to submit to that. In many ways, he's being illogical here. But for the sake of the other, he actually uh, forbears his his right. Context in chapter nine is that, and I just I love this. I mean, he brings out all these uh, old Old Testament texts. One is really obscure. Verse nine. <laughs> Verse nine. For it is written in the law of Moses, you shall not muzzle an ox while it uh, treads out the grain. I mean, of all <laughs> the Old Testament texts he can bring out, and I'm not I'm not criticizing Paul <clears throat> by any means, but I'm just looking at the the, 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 the geniusness of him, like. He's using this very obscure verse, and he's bringing out a powerful point, mm-hmm. this dinky little thing, and it's he's bringing. This isn't thinking like scripture is scripture. He's like even the ox deserves the grain that it gets to 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 mm. to walk over while, while it's there. Like that's he's not stealing. He's got every right to do that. Mm-hmm. But he's like, but but he doesn't. He doesn't. He's and he's like, I have right to to to. Um, um, he's like, what? Yeah. what you, yeah, to be sustained. By to be sustained by you guys, mm-hmm. but for the sake of the of the the weaker brother, I don't take that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that and that is powerful. I mean, that's that is, that is a powerful principle of the gospel because this is also how God and Jesus, specifically when He came to Earth, mm. acted. He had rights. He had rights to 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 claim the throne, you know, mm. and and to to be everything He was is. He is, mm-hmm. right? He had rights to demand worship, all these things if he wanted to, but he uh, he did not claim those rights because for the sake of the salvation of the people. He needed them to come, the weaker brother, so to say, come to an understanding so that they of themselves will give uh, you know, to him what is due. Uh, and that is that is the principles of religious liberty, as we've seen throughout this yes. chap- uh, the whole uh, arc Excellent here, point. Um, that we, that God, allows for freedom uh, or, you know, there has to be, in order for conviction, true conviction to take place, there has to be freedom to investigate, there has to be freedom to to come to a conclusion like that and to be, be you know, because God does does not desire the forced kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus did that. And in the same way, in the same principle we see here with Paul, uh, for the sake of their salvation, for the sake of them growing and coming to an understanding, instead of like, you know, pounding on my right um, which could really extinguish the flame in the other person um, I will I will surrender my right so that they can grow 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think the the uh, verse twelve it totally illustrates what you're saying there. Um, if others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? The second part there. Nevertheless, we have not used mm-hmm. this right, but endure all things, wow. so that the lest we hinder the gospel of Christ. Mm-hmm. So when you look at exactly what you said, when you look at government and 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 um, and uh, state and church, the state uses force to get something across, but in the gospel, you actually withhold that force to allow the gospel to continue. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's that withholding. It's that, it's that, I don't want like the holding of the breath. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's going the negative direction that causes the gospel to go forward and not be, yes. Yeah. That is just counterintuitive, Mm -hmm. illogical. It's upside down. Mm -hmm. But it's, and, and to what you said, it's, it's taking you take upon yourself a negative. Yes. So that somebody else can you take have a, the loss. You sacrifice. take the loss. Yeah, you take. Mm-hmm. I take the loss. And um, since you set it up like with with chapter eight, I think that gives us freedom to to read verse thirteen in chapter eight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it says, therefore, this is his conclusion. If if food makes my brother stumble, I will never. And I'm I'm struck by the kind of a superlative here, right? Yeah. Never. Right. <laughs> I will never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. Mm-hmm. He's he's established, I have every right to do it. Like, it's not a big deal. He's like, but if this little thing, which is like not a big deal, yeah. if it's going to cause my brother to stumble, if it's a big deal to somebody else, I will take the negative of not asserting my right so that they can have an opportunity to, you know, to to receive salvation, to receive the, hear the gospel, da 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 da, da um, which is counter i guess it's counterintuitive counter, i think it is counterintuitive and counter how we think counter, counter thinking it's yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because we we think even when we think in the context of um religious liberty mm. or you know the liberty that we have to worship and a lot of times we're thinking about our liberty mm. to yes. worship our freedom to assemble our but what this is saying is i would gladly give up all those rights to give somebody else mm-hmm. the opportunity to give somebody else their liberty. So what it's saying is the, the, the attitude, our attitude towards religious liberty is about ensuring that liberty for others. Mm. The attitude is not about fighting for that liberty for ourselves, mm-hmm. but oh. it's about ensuring that others have yes. the freedom. And we gladly would take a negative in order to ensure that for other people, mm-hmm. for the gospel to go forward. Yeah, I think what's that is a yeah. hard saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, what what Siku <laughs> what presents is, is a hard <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what what Siku is, is sharing is extremely profound because, you know, the greatest power that we can exercise is the power to withhold power. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that's the power that God Himself exercises, yes. and that is essentially what Paul is exercising. He's exercising his power to withhold power, and. What Sigu says is so profound because whenever we think about the context of religious liberty, we don't have the same motive. Mm-hmm. The motive is actually a selfish motive. That's true. We got to defend ourselves because if we don't, you know. Right. And actually, when you look at, I was looking at the the different contexts, you know, as uh, Jonathan said earlier, there are times when he exercises his power, times when he doesn't exercise his power mm. towards religious liberty and so forth and so on. But in every situation, the reason why Paul is doing what mm-hmm. he's doing is to advance the gospel. Exactly. Right. That's like his singular yeah. reason for yeah. doing this stuff. And that is profound because it gives to us, 
in understanding, uh, and, and this goes back to what you were saying earlier, Justin, in terms of when you distill these two different models, you know, mm. the model of religion when it boils down to love versus the other one that bo- boils down to, uh, to force, we can do the same thing, have the same outcomes, but out of completely different motivations. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we are defenders of religious liberty in itself does not make us any better than anybody else. Mm. The question is, what is the motive behind that action that differentiates us from any other type Mm. of uh, person, right, Mm -hmm. as Christians? Mm -hmm. And so I think it it is so important that when we're talking about this topic that we talk about motive, because that is what separates us, not the defense of Mm -hmm. something, but why. Well, let me ask you, obvious, what what should be the motive? Well, what was the motive in Paul's case? What what should be ours? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think Sigu just said it. You know, lest Not I make it, the gospel, yeah, lest I make another person stumble. Mm-hmm. The the furtherance of the gospel, the reward of the gospel, the belief. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. There's so much in this. You know, if you really, really believe that God is love, that He is in control, that if yeah. you believe everything that you say, then it's natural that you would. You know, mm. everything makes sense, yeah. you know, and and uh, and so the reason why you should do it is because you claim to be a Christian. Yeah. You claim to be a follower of Christ. Yeah. And these are things that Christ would naturally and do. This, this is good. And my, my next question was, and we'll get to mm-hmm. you, Jonathan, but my next question was, was going to be, you know, where's the line that we do this to, right? So we read these two chapters and it would be easy to conclude, oh, just be a doormat for everybody. That's what Jesus wants you to be. To be a mm-hmm. doormat, just surrender yourself, don't, don't do anything that you ever want to do and, and just please everyone around you. I mean, the actual question is, where's the line in that? But you guys have answered that question already. I mean, his, his, um, his thinking is revolves around not about just surrendering your rights only, mm-hmm. but surrendering your rights for the gospel's sake. So in some cases, you're surrendering rights. In some cases, you don't for the gospel right. still to continue. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And you might... I think you might be perceived by some as a doormat, yes. but you will not feel that way yourself when you're living for the gospel of Christ mm. and sharing the gospel. I think I think uh, th- I don't think Jesus felt like a doormat, uh, even though he w- he was treated that way, mm-hmm. even worse, right? Mm-hmm. But um, w- w- what this whole discussion is making to me it is telling me. I mean, it's rebuking me because on a, on a very down to earth level, like, okay, what does it mean? How much should I sacrifice? Because we think of everything in, in terms of you know economical uh, impact on our lives. So okay, you calculate like, it out. Yeah, yep. like okay, like yep. well, where do I get the the greatest salary or the greatest benefits or or the greatest opportunities? Right. Uh, when when the question should be. Um, where can I contribute the most for the sharing of the gospel? And if that means, okay, a salary cut or a, a, a cut in opportunities or time, um, a sacrifice in the church. In a high position in the church or, right. or some island in the middle of nowhere. Right, right, where right. Where could it be, yeah? <laughs> and when we, we have a single eye to that call, mm-hmm. I feel like that's um, that should be... I mean, that's the rebuke to me. Like, I think um, I need to recalibrate, I'll be honest. And so, like, this mm. is a... Uh, this is a powerful, powerful, I uh, think very practical mm-hmm. example uh, mm-hmm. that Paul gives us here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I want to shift gears and, 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 and pivot to you, Jonathan. Well, where, where, where is a case where Paul didn't surrender his rights for the, for the sake of the gospel? Just, mm-hmm. to, give, just to give uh, the counter argument also. Yeah, I mean, the, he had, uh, we have to look up the passage here, but he had, uh, where he was, um, he claimed his Roman citizenship um, yeah. uh, when he was going to be, uh, uh, like, tried without a trial uh, yeah. I don't remember the X-25. passage X25 okay oh, we don't have to go there but we know okay. the story yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. like he 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 would 
remind them, hey, I'm a Roman citizen. Right. And uh, and that made it, I mean, that, that stopped him in the tracks. And then yeah. he also... I mean, he's, he was able to minister. He was able sure. to, to share the gospel, you know, with... Um, Which makes us think that we, we, we really can't judge. Um, it's not the outward result necessarily, but it's the motive of which we make our decisions that we are judged for. And only the only person who can do that is, yes. is, is God. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, I remember reading those passages in, in, in Acts. I'm like, man, he's pulling out his Roman passport to like get out. <laughs> what a sneaky little guy. But he's good not. Move, I mean, was yeah. that? You're like, good move. Good move. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's my judgment on his action. Mm-hmm. But and for him, he's just like, man, the gospel's got to go forward. So what can I do? I mean, mm-hmm. he's operating out of a total different nexus. Yeah. Than, than we are, right? Yeah. And often if uh, how I judge that person is a revelation of, of my own, uh, I'm the weasel, that when I see a weasel, I'm like, I appreciate weasel <laughs> actions, right? That's that's what's that's a revelation <laughs> of my character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, one of the things that, that gets me with talking about the motives is yes. not, not acting based on how we're perceived, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we're fighting for other people's freedoms, it may look like on the outside that we're fighting for the freedoms of people who don't quote unquote deserve the freedoms. Mm. Right? It may look like we're fighting for the freedoms of people who are infidels and are going to use those freedoms to disrespect God, to push an agenda that is anti-God, etc. Yeah. Um, but it and it may look like that on the outside. And I'm, I'm just thinking of some conversations with individuals about why you vote for a certain political party and it's because I don't want to be seen as associating with it. and it, it's 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 about perception right yeah, 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 yeah. but when if if we could act based on true you know um pure motive right mm. the the purity of the motive and I, I don't think that ends up being about any specific political party actually mm. if we're being honest um in the way that we're making our decisions but praying about and this is this has to do like in in practical terms our political activism how we're involved with our local governments and state government etc is what is the motive underlying when i make a decision to vote on a certain topic or issue right um when something is brought to the ballot the way that we process as christians ought to be different it may look like a certain vote on on the the surface right so it looks the same but what's the motive underlying it? Right. And with mm-hmm. respect to this religious liberty or the, the giving people maximal freedom to make a choice, yeah. mm-hmm. it's got to do with, I would, I would like to put my voice on the side that would allow people the greatest opportunity to ultimately choose Christ. Yeah. It involves the opportunity to not choose Christ, yeah. but I want them to have that opportunity mm-hmm. to choose for themselves, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Siku, that is a, a, a sober, um, uh, a sober uh, di- diagnosis on, on, on everyone. <laughs> I was, poor Justin's uh, getting oh, beaten up, or, or or me, or or me, right? And so, like, hey, there's there's people mm-hmm. who vote for uh, two people who vote for the same candidate, two different motives, yeah. mm-hmm. totally different motives, mm-hmm. and and the Lord judges us for that, mm-hmm. uh, and it's and it's and, and it could be for a variety of reasons. Mm-hmm. I choose this candidate for for my personal selfish economic benefit. Mm-hmm. I choose this, I choose this candidate because I don't like the way that he looks. I choose this candidate because I feel that he'll give more freedom for for the Mm-hmm. the gospel to go forward mm. i mean and then to make a blanket statement that all people who vote for this candidate are you know mm-hmm. x y or z mm-hmm. i mean 
that's 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 kind of yeah, that's, that's that's the society that we're living in right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Something uh, this speaks to me specifically as a Seventh Day Adventist living in the United States of America. Mm. You know, because what you know, as Americans, as Seventh Day Adventist Americans, especially, you know, there's a big, a long tradition of supporting the religious liberty of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think what we're dealing with in today's context with religious liberty is that. Most of the time, and across many, many different um, uh, uh, people, Seventh-day Adventists, specifically my denomination, we are proponents of religious liberty because we are afraid. Mm. You know, we're afraid. Mm. We just want to prolong our freedom. Yep. Speaking of motives, that's yeah. that's the motive. Yeah. yeah. Fear yeah. is the motive. And so we want to prolong our freedom as much as possible, mm-hmm. hoping that somehow we'll escape the test. And what this reveals to me is the fact that we are... This does not prepare us mm-hmm. for the challenges ahead. Mm-hmm. You know, we think that through the support of religious freedom or through the advocate by advocating for religious liberty, that we are allowing time for us to get ready for mm. the challenges ahead before Jesus comes. But, you know, <clears throat> the same with you, what you were saying about uh, Siku's comments, it, it pulls a rug from underneath yes. us because mm-hmm. it says, we are setting up our foundation on uh, on on uh, sandy soil. Yeah. You know, if we do not have the motive right now, while we have religious freedom, right? Mm-hmm. If we do not have the motive right now to advance the kingdom of God, now we will never develop it in difficult times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Amen. Well, that brings us to uh, our our final question here: How can we know when we surrender our rights silently, and when we should defend them? John. So you know, Paul. You know, sometimes right. he, he he denied his uh, his right. Sometimes he played. How do, how do pray for discernment? Pray for discernment. <laughs> That's an easy easy cop out. But I think every situation is different. Mm. But in the general, this is my takeaway from this lesson is I want to have an eye single on the Lord and 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 the sharing of the gospel, and whatever the implications are in every situation. I want that to be a defining factor. Yeah. Um, but that may be different in different situations, as, as we've seen in the life of Paul, and that's where I need to pray for wisdom because uh, it's not always that clear. Maybe, like uh, I mean, I mean, and, and I, I'm not one, mm-hmm. to say who, but I just because you're answering this way, and the question has made me think: Could you ever? Could you guys ever pray like, Lord, cause if my suffering mm-hmm. allows for more people to be saved at the end? Yeah. Mm-hmm. May it be so. I mean, this was that was the life of Paul, right? Mm-hmm. Like Paul in in prison he's mm-hmm. like therefore rather would i gladly suffer mm-hmm. yeah that the gospel can go forward yeah. you know um it's like some people look at my bonds i'm thinking about philippians chapter one it's like mm-hmm. people look at my bonds and they're just like oh you know they, they're feeling bad for me the sequence version right but but he's like i i would be glad to go through i'm happy to go through this whether it's in bonds or it's in freedom yeah for the advancement so, of the gospel so the externality has nothing to do with it like uh, to have an eye so single for God's glory, mm-hmm. you know, and no, no morsel of self-preservation, no yeah. inkling of to 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 advance my own life and my own my my yeah. my needs or whatever, my because race. I am so rested and safe in the arms of God. Wow! That whatever it is that God brings, whether it's adversity or it's triumph or success. As long as God's kingdom can mm. go forward, and and just to couch it in the in the terms that we've been talking about, to give 
uh, for God's glory, yes, all that, but it's it's to give someone an opportunity right. to experience conversion mm-hmm. or the love of God. Just that opportunity, possibility, mm-hmm. I'm willing to incur suffering. Ugh. I mean, that's that's yeah, and that's it, the sober. And it comes down to how real is the gospel experience to me because yeah. I need to experience that first to long to give it to someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, as you can see, this is causing us to. It's it's okay. it's, it's it's this is a sober sober uh, study. Uh, thank you, Jonathan, for your, your your comfort there. Hopefully, you guys have been also sobered by this. This leads us to our next topic on the persecuted church. How does the church act under persecution? And all around the world, there are people persecuted. They don't pray for the end of persecution. They pray for more faithfulness. Hopefully, that's your prayer. We'll see you next week here in Inverse. You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Callie Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, This is Inverse.